0: Hello, America, and welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. We're coming out of the weekend. We had a lot of big breaking news. um, uh, But we've got a very special guest today, Senator Shannon Grove, the Republican leader of the California Senate, joining us. And I want to reserve most of our time for the podcast today to talk to her, because there's so much going on in California. There's a recall of Gavin Newsom. There is a China scandal involving several California politicians there is a hypocrisy issue going on with the governor. He was caught going to a large public gathering after cracking down and uh, eliminating public gatherings for everyday constituents in California. So we want to really focus on that. Is California in distress? Is Gavin Newsom really in danger of being recalled? We want to get to the bottom of all of those very important issues. So we're going to turn most of our attention today to our interview in just a few minutes with Senator Shannon Grove, the minority leader, Republican leader of the California Senate. But before we do, I just want to point out a couple of stories that I have broken over the last 72 hours on uh, Just the News. We think they're important. We think they have depth and uh, meaning. And so uh, one of them is uh, we've been going through those text messages, the new text messages with um, the uh, uh, Pete Strzok and his FBI colleagues in the Russia case. And Throughout that process, we continue to find really big new discrepancies, things that challenge even the current, after all the concessions that the FBI has made, there are new challenges to the current story the FBI has held the line on involving Russia. I just want to point out one I did. It was yesterday. It broke yesterday. It's still on the site, easy to read. But uh, there's a text message from uh, Peter Strzok to his team in um late September 2016, so about a month before uh, the Carter Page FISA warrant is first uh, provided uh, to the FISA court on October 21st, 2016. And in that text message, Pete Strzok seems to acknowledge that Christopher Steele or his dossier was the source of a Yahoo News article that kind of had the basics of the FBI investigation in it, and that the assessment of Peter Strzok himself was, hey, It's obvious now that Steele is doing more than trying to inform. He's trying to influence the election. Influence, meaning he had a motive beyond honest informant work. Uh, That text message is significant for many, many different reasons. One, and perhaps most importantly, the FBI represented in the first FISA warrant that the Yahoo News article, it does not appear... To the FBI they claimed uh, came from Christopher Steele that he participated directly in it and as a result uh, it is independent corroboration of what Christopher Steele was saying. In fact it was circular reporting. It was directly based on uh, the dossier and Christopher Steele's own contact with the reporter. Why is that significant? It is the strongest evidence to date that the FBI lied to the court. Why? Pete Strzok, the guy running the investigation, seems to acknowledge in the text message, hey, this is Christopher Steele, and it looks like he's trying to influence things. That acknowledgement is hard to reconcile with the FBI story, and it much further accentuates the theory that the Inspector General Michael Horowitz had about that uh, article that the FBI should never, never have portrayed that article, that Yahoo News article by Michael Isikoff in September I think it was September 21st or 23rd of 2016, should never have been used as independent corroboration when, in fact, it was nothing more than circular reporting from Steele and that the FBI had an obligation to tell the court in advance of the first FISA that Uh, Christopher Steele was talking to the media. When you go through some of the other messages, you also realize the FBI knew early on Steele had broken protocol and gone and leaked to the State Department about his work for the FBI as well. They knew he was a leaker. He was breaking protocol. He was rushing to get this story out. Pete's own, Pete Strzok's own words are influence. He's trying to influence. And yet they went to the court a month later and said they had no derogatory information, no reason to distrust Christopher Steele or his behavior as an informant, confidential human source in this. What an extraordinary mistruth they submitted to the court. And these text messages, which were kept from us for almost four years now, clearly unequivocally show the FBI was in the know. They knew in advance of Steele's problems, his leaking, that the... Yahoo News article was not independent collaboration but circular reporting and they proceeded ahead against their training, against the rules against all of the things that uh, would have uh, put a red flag in front of any other extraordinary member of uh, the FBI if they were going to follow the rules the Crossfire Hurricane team James Comey um, Andy McKay, Bill Priestap, they allowed this charade to go on uh, and we're now seeing that they knew in their own text messages of the problems they were not going to tell the court. Now, take what I just told you and add it to what we broke last Thursday or Friday, uh, showing that they knew that Papadopoulos, uh, before they went to the court, before they uh, uh, portrayed that as a potential threat, in this, they knew Papadopoulos. Um, uh, I'm sorry, George uh, uh, Carter Page. I am want to say Papadopoulos. They knew that Carter Page had been run up against one of their informants, Stefan Halper, and that Carter Page denied meeting with their senior Russian official known as Igor davechkin Why is that important? They pre- continued to present in the uh, FISA warrant in October. A month later, or weeks later, that in fact... Um, They had strong reason to believe that Carter Page had met with this Divechkin guy along with another guy named Igor Session. It turns out the FBI had strong reason to believe those meetings did not occur and they did not provide that alternate evidence, that exculpatory evidence, that evidence that called into doubt the claims the FBI were making to the court. What an omission, an omission that may be criminal or certainly wrongdoing. These text messages that were just released to Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley, probably some of the most important ever to be released in the history of the Russia collusion case. So keep an eye on that. Check them all out. We're going to continue reporting out. There are other text messages I'm reporting on. But uh, what an important body of evidence. And yes, it does call into question even where the FBI portrays itself today in the russia collusion case it appears to be much worse than we all first thought all right we're going to go to the commercial break when we come back shannon grove the a state senator and the republican leader of the california senate going to join us for the whole show gavin newsom hypocrisy COVID, uh a wealth tax oh my god wait to hear this new plan that californians have to tax people who spend more than 60 days a year in California. And retroactively tax their wealth. Why are they doing that? Well, probably because wealthy guys like Elon Musk, Oracle, others are leaving the state because of its policies. We're going to get to all of that with Shannon Grove right after these commercial breaks. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out. all right folks welcome back from the commercial break and as promised a very special guest she is the leader of the republicans in the california senate we've had her on this show before senator shannon grove welcome back
1: oh thank you so much I appreciate the opportunity
0: it's such an honor to have you on and I don't even know where to begin there are so many amazing things going on in California people are scratching their heads but I think we got to start with the uh, pandemic and the tightening down of even more restrictions in California can you give us the latest of what it's like to be a California resident under Gavin Newsom's uh, many many restrictions
1: Oh, it's, it's um, hypocrisy at its best, and we're, what, 10 months into the governor's two-week shutdown to flatten the curve? Yes. And he keeps moving the goalpost. Uh, he's moved it uh, from county and regional areas, and he's also moved it to include racial diversity, and he's also included now it's uh, ICU beds, and he just keeps moving the goalpost. And it's almost like he plays the prices right. He says door number one. <laughs> yes. And I'm being serious. And then door number one is restaurants and gyms. And then they get closed down. He constantly goes on um, television and says it's all about data. But it's since come out that there is zero data available that shows that restaurants or gyms are the cause of the it's COVID a transmission. Yeah. The transmission. He's there's zero data. So it, it does appear that he does like like I said, play the prices right. Door number one, and it's restaurants and gyms that have to be closed
0: down. It's, it's remarkable. And I think the flashpoint for a lot of Californians, just reading, again. I'm not there, but and you are, so I'd like to ask this, but when he was caught flouting his own roles, when he was going to his own party and having the sort of gatherings he was barring uh, the other constituents of California from engaging in, uh, it seems to me that that created a tipping point in California. People began to just you know roll their eyes and say if it's good enough for him it's going to be good enough for me i'm tired of this uh, what what how has that played out in california in terms of gavin Newsom getting being caught red-handed like nancy pelosi was previously and it seems like every couple of days uh, the delaware governor was just caught going to a wine bar last week after barring uh, uh, gatherings uh, how is this playing out in california
1: so I think, like I said, the hypocrisy from um, electeds is is tremendously overwhelming, especially in California. If Governor Gavin Newsom thought for one moment, just think about this. I realize that people look at the hypocrisy piece, but if he really thought for one moment that what he says every day on a newscast about the dangers of COVID nineteen, if he really thought that what his members and his administration, what his administration was saying, he would have never gone to that restaurant, had a gathering of twenty four people from outside of uh, his household, right. and he would have never put his wife and children in danger. If he thought for a moment that schools were the infectious uh, locations and that's why he's keeping them shut down, he wouldn't have his kids in expensive private schools. So it's hypocrisy because the way that he plays California, the California citizens is – is that if you can afford to put your child in expensive private schools, those schools are somewhat safe, according to the governor, because that's where his kids go. If you can afford to pay $350 for an advertiser and have a $15,000 bar bill, those restaurants are safe, according to the governor. And that's based on his actions.
0: It, it really is remarkable. It's a do as I say, not as I do, a phenomenon that makes Americans so frustrated at their political leaders. Now, in the middle of this, Republicans, uh, churches uh, have won some really major religious liberty battles in in, in California and in New York was another big one against Governor Cuomo. How important have those uh, victories been, and uh, what has this whole uh, moment with COVID done to reinvigorate the movement for religious freedom and liberty?
1: So I think it's been significant. You know we serve a Romans eight twenty eight God, and so I really do believe that and. I think it's significant with the court cases that have sided with the faith community. We had a significant number of churches that opened on Pentecost Sunday, which was May 31st throughout the state of California. And not one COVID case has been traced back to any of these churches. And I mean, they are open full full bore. If you go up to um, the Sacramento area or down to the Ventura area, you know, they're shoulder-to-shoulder worshiping just like they normally do with no restrictions right. under the First Amendment. And um, the governor is – the counties have come against them. They find these churches. But what they found is, is that these court cases are siding with the, the faith community. Um, you look at the Supreme Court ruling. You look at the San Diego uh, ruling. We right. recently had a ruling here in Kern County where the judge issued a preliminary injunction prohibiting Newsom. Um, you know, from engaging in restrictions for the Catholic Church, which would it, it obviously the Catholic priest that filed the lawsuit. Right. Um, you have uh, Che On down in the Pasadena area with HIM or Harvest Rock Church that has um, filed a lawsuit and the Supreme Court ruled in their favor. So the governor doesn't have a standing. Where the governor is coming down hard is like our our restaurants because he doesn't have a jurisdictional authority over churches. He can't walk in and pull their liquor license or pull their, um, or have OSHA fine them. But he can do that to our local businesses. And so we have to figure out a way around that.
0: Yeah, no, that that is the a tricky part. I think what's been most interesting in all of the court rulings, particularly all the way up to the Supreme Court, is the sentiment that just because we have a COVID pandemic doesn't mean that you get to set aside the Constitution. And if it's okay to have 50 people inside a Walmart with masks on, then it has to be fifty okay to have 50 people in a church with masks on with these same you know restrictions. And I think, remarkably, that sentiment, despite how many times now it has been uttered by the Supreme Court and by other courts, doesn't seem to be sinking in, uh, certainly to California leaders, or to other Democratic states. It seems as though, you know, Republican states haven't had many of these um, confrontations. Why is it that uh, such a clear set of guidance from the courts continues to get ignored by by officials in your own home state?
1: You know, I I tell you that the Supreme Court and the California Supreme Court has issued guidance on, um, you know, issued rulings on several things in the past, since I've been a legislature and the, the um, Democrats are so powerful here in this state, they just continue to ignore even the courts. Wow! Um, they ignore Amazing. voters, right? Voters automatically overturned um, and they wanted the three strikes and the death penalty. And the governor just issued a uh, an order that says, I'm not going to do it. Um, they overturned, uh, you know, dialysis by voter, you know, for proposition in 2018, right. then the legislature just passes it anyways. And then they have to fight it again on a ballot measure. So they just continue to ignore the people of the state of California and the court rulings. Um, so I've been witnessing that for the last 10 years.
0: When you look out now, is there a perfect storm beginning to brew? You, you're even seeing some famous liberal businessmen flee the state. Uh, so you've got this massive exodus of wealth, exodus of uh, jobs, exodus of corporate tax base, uh, leaving the state. What, um, uh, is there a perfect storm now for California politicians to get realigned because the basis on which they govern revenues and, and, uh, uh, you know, tax base and, and constituency is, is finally saying enough is enough. Do you, do you think they've we're reaching enough is enough point that it actually will make a difference for a uh, a leader like uh, Gavin Newsom
1: i do I really do that Cal- I really do believe that Californians are waking up when you look at um, the highest income tax earners and our state revenue that we pay for services for right. and the government government used to govern is is uh, predominantly income tax. And when you think about it, like Elon Musk leaving the state, one legislator just blank, you know, said blank Elon Musk, right? right? And put it out there publicly and in the newspaper, a Democrat legislator. But think about how many people in the state of California, like you or me, you know, if you lived here, how many people does it take up to make to make up uh, Elon Musk, his, tax revenue that he pays. It would take a whole lot of average, everyday California. It sure would. And and they're fleeing the state. And so I think the perfect storm is hitting. There is a lot of individuals that I've spoken to, um, you know, a lot of Democrats. Um, and and independents that are very frustrated with the achievement gap that's going on right. with our school system and our kids not being able to go to school. Uh, Democrats and independents own businesses that are being shut down at no with no data and no reason behind it other wow. than the governor's um, say so. So I think people are waking up and realizing that the hypocrisy with the governor and his administration not just him but his administration the hypocrisy with these democrat city and mayors the homeless population 53% of the unsheltered population homeless population live in california wow um, the you know the rulings that are coming on i don't know if you've done any research on the new district attorney down in los I angeles i have absolutely it's just ish- Yeah. So when you look at what he's doing, they have far been overreaching and people in the state of California, whether you're a Democrat, Republican or independent, are tired of your businesses being broken into. They're tired of the homeless population and not not being addressed. They're tired of the shutdowns. They are tired of the way that the pandemic has been handled and they are definitely tired of
0: hypocrisy. Yeah, you you can sense it. I I have a lot of good friends in California, and the sentiments of where they were, let's say, in April and where they are today is much more fervent in their frustration and their, uh, I'll use the word despair, too. There's a lot of despair among Californians that uh, they're on on the wrong path. Now, a perfect storm, one of the bellwethers of whether we're reaching that perfect storm is will there be an actual recall of Governor Newsom, there's a petition underway. It's halfway there. They've been given a few more months. Do you think the Gavin Newsom recall effort is the first bellwether of rejection of what may be going on in this state?
1: I do. And I really do believe that this recall uh, measure has a chance. And the reason why I say that is because there's only, uh, there's, they're over halfway there. They have over 850,000 signatures that have already been turned in. Right. But they have another 270,000 signatures that are being qualified right now, which will put them over the 1 million mark. Um, And that should be announced pretty soon. You have thousands of volunteers all over the state. Each county has a volunteer base that's gathering signatures and holding events. You have the entire congressional Republican delegation that has signed on to it. You have Mike Huckabee, Newt Gingrich. He did a fundraiser. You have Ann Dunsmore doing a lot of our fundraising. And um, we have uh, have donor matches. we have fundraising going on to get the message out, and people are, churches are even engaging in the process to have people be able to gather signatures when they go to church. And um, businesses, I've seen more people engaged in this recall, and it almost reminds me of the Gray Davis days. And when you think about the Gray Davis days, he was dealing with, you know, lines at the gas station and power outage. Right. Well, this governor's dealing with a COVID situation that he's completely mismanaged. He's dealing with forest fires, and he has no solution to it because he's allowed the Sierra Club to just take over and not allow forest management, and mm. so you have these, hu- hu- and then you have you have um, our energy grid that's constantly yeah. shut down, and people in areas in California are going without power for three, four, five days. And this is the 21st century, right? So that's we're unbelievable going three, four, to think five five about that rolling blackouts,
0: and then uh, yeah, yeah, one of the largest blackouts. states in America, the largest state in America, crazy.
1: And that's yeah, and that's what was facing um, G- uh, Gray Davis. Uh, the last time we had a recall and so we're hopeful that with all the catastrophic things going on in california under this administration that this recall
0: will be successful it's pretty remarkable that it even got started and i remember when it got started people were laughing yeah it's just a protest thing, and not going anywhere and now they're at the halfway point and it sounds like they're going to cross the million vote mark uh, that's that's a pretty significant movement and has to no matter what 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 you think inside of Gavin Newsom's uh, circle you got to start paying attention to this this is a serious threat to to his political future now we've talked about the rolling blackouts we've talked about the the sanctuary cities we've talked about the crime and the funding the police all the things that California seems to be a leader on none of them things you want to be proud of the the thing i read this weekend about the effort to create a wealth tax is left me numb the idea that if you spend 60 days or more in the state of California, you're gonna be subject to this wealth tax and it can follow you for many years. Talk about what the Democrats are up there and how Republicans plan to fight it.
1: Okay, so that was that um, Washington, um, or excuse me, the Wall Street Journal article. Yes, and they failed to say that that bill did fail. But you know what's really scary is, is that bill is coming back this year. Right, and um, it's already it's already in discussion form, and they're they're already talking about it. Um, the biggest insignificant tax uh, issue that we have regarding the legislation that was passed last year that takes effect this year is you they suspended the net operating loss for three years. Um, But this wealth tax that they're putting forth um, that failed last year, they will bring it back this year. And, yes, that is coming out of California's, Uh, Democrat legislative uh, side of the aisle, and they are going to try to say that if you generate any revenue in the state of California, like Elon Musk or other businesses that Oracle that are fleeing this state, that they can track you down in whatever other state you go to, and they can tax you California state taxes for 10 years after you leave this state, which is a violation of the Constitution. But again, they don't care. I mean, it's amazing to me that just, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we put our right hand in the air and we swore to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And one of the first pieces of legislation that's put across the desk is something that violates the
0: Constitution. It it is just remarkable. And it it shows you the desperate straits that the state is in. It's sort of in a a downward spiral that uh, every— Everything they do creates a, an even worse decision or an even worse impact. So you drive smart businessmen out of state, innovators like Elon Musk and Oracle and others, and then to make up for the loss of revenues, well, now you're going to create a wealth tax that's only going to create more uh, animosity, more uh, you know rebuke in the courts. There's no chance that the Supreme Court's going to let that tax as currently you know constructed They're there. The what stops the cycle? I mean, California's sort of been. You uh, really can argue since the Reagan years sort of in this slow continuous and now accelerating leftward trend at what point does California and its constituency say you know we tried it and we don't like it anymore
1: so I hope that point's coming in 2022 we also have redistricting where we're right. going to be able to have redistricting and and we've got a great redistricting commission we we participated more this year than we did in previous uh, years wow. and um We did. I mean, we were really engaged. Last last time 10 years ago when this happened, we weren't engaged in it. Um, the party wasn't engaged in it but now they are and so we have some um, candidates on there that will fight for you know what's right instead of um, you know drawing cities and counties that are divided we'll hopefully keep cities and counties whole I mean there's no reason why you have to represent the south side of Ming Avenue but the north side of Ming Avenue is represented by somebody else it's
0: that doesn't absurd. make any sense right <laughs> um, yeah. just common sense wise sense. yeah yeah
1: yeah common sense wise it's the same problems in the area so um, we have redistricting coming up, and then we have all of this nonsense that's been going on um, for this last year. Um, we do believe that there is an issue with COVID-19, and it is an infectious uh, disease. It is an infectious, um, it is very infectious. But the bottom line is, is that the decisions that are making, that are being made by this um, Gavin Newsom, are are not benefiting Californians, um, either those that are sick or those that are operating um, businesses and trying to stay afloat. So we do hope it's going to be a change in 2022. So and if you look at Kevin McCarthy, yeah, yep. look what he did. So, yeah. you know, two years ago, he lost a tremendous amount of seats. Um, some of his dearest friends were lost in California. Right. Won and this back. cycle, he came back and he won them back. Yeah. And so he's just proven that it can be done. Um, so we're going to follow his lead and his footstep and try to do that in the Senate and the Assembly.
0: Yeah, that's such an such an important point. Uh, election integrity-wise, I just want to see, and you've been watching what's been playing out all across the country and uh, and obviously there were concerns even back in the 2018 House races of some unusual behavior, some unusual flips in vote counting. Um, do you think the country is ready for a reckoning on um, uh, electoral influence, electoral uh, reform? It seems as though this, no matter where the Trump v Biden race ends, it seems like we're in a debate about how we're going to conduct elections going forward. Do you think that the uh, the American public is ready for that debate?
1: I really do believe the American public is ready for that debate. You know, if you look at simple things in life, people cheat at running red lights. People cheat at, you know, different things in life. They do. It's it's, sure. it's natural. Yep. They do. And to say that there's zero cheating on a $4 trillion economy, control the free world, is absurd. When you look at everything that's coming out. Um, ballots being pulled out from underneath tables. If you look at um, all, when you watch all the media, well, all the media, you can't say all of it because not all of it's reporting it. That's but when true. you watch the media and you look at stuff that's going on and the facts that are coming out and just, you know, based on the numbers, there was, I was reading something this morning that said that, you know, uh, based on the numbers, there's no way that, that President Trump and uh, and former Vice President Biden could, could get the total numbers to equal the number of votes that were out there somebody is not telling the truth yeah. and when you look at everything that's going on i think the country is ready for this because we are only the united states the great united states of america with free and fair elections and free and fair elections did not happen in 2020
0: yeah such a great point and we're, we're just beginning to scratch the bottom of the evidence i mean there's so much things that we're learning every day that uh, we didn't know even you know november 10th november 20th and so just fascinating and and um and something that we need to take seriously. These stories take a a long burn. It took a long time to reverse the Russia collusion story, a long time for people to realize uh, Hunter Biden really was involved in corrupt relationships. And it may take some time for us to fully appreciate what went wrong in this election. But uh, it seems as though Republicans like yourself are determined to, to stay the course until we get the truth out.
1: We really are determined to stay the course, and we have to applaud people like you, John. Right? Not everybody's putting that out there. If it would have been Donald Trump Jr. that had earned millions of dollars in a non- Oh my gosh, could
0: you like imagine? Bond,
1: they would have <laughs> blown up. I mean, yep. that would have been. They would have. The media would have had every media outlet would have focused um, on that. You know. Consistently, um, there would have been hearings over and over in in, this, in both houses. And so, what's really frustrating is that is the media isn't even covering this issue with um, with Hunter Biden. And when you look at interviews with um, Vice President uh, Joe Biden, he's he's not even asked any tough questions whatsoever. No. I mean, it's almost hostile to attack. There almost it's hostility when the president gets on to do interviews and the the hostility reporters have against the president of the United States. But when they get on with Vice President Biden, it's all fun and games, and they laugh, and they're friends, and and they don't ever ask him serious questions. It's pretty Um, remarkable. Total surrender. It is remarkable. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Well, the
0: great thing is the American people are so wise to it. They can see it, and why the media think they're getting away with it, the American people aren't, aren't letting them get away with it anymore. I think the frustration with my profession is... Is off the chart. One last set of questions because California has a big nexus to this. But it seems, as we learn from Hunter Biden, from Eric Swalwell, the the alliance that the Democratic Party, particularly in California, but across the country, has had uh, with China, big big money, uh, the CCP, the military institutions is uh is that going to become a predominant theme in the next couple of years exposing that and then understanding what the 2030 year consequences has been by letting china off the hook
1: I think it definitely definitely needs to be a focus and we need to focus on um, China specifically again I'm in the state house but You know, I follow Kevin and Devin and everything that they're doing, McCarthy and Nunes, and everything that they're doing. And China is really the threat to the United States. And when you look at the infiltration into our university systems, when you look at, you know, the business practices, when you look at, you know, what happened with um, Congressman Swalwell, which he's failing to respond, China is definitely the biggest threat that we have. And it needs to be addressed. And I have a governor in the state of California who considers California, he calls it out constantly, a nation state is what he calls us. And he went outside the federal government as a nation state um, to to make deals with China on masks and and other things back in March and April when, you know, when COVID first hit California. And so um, he already has relationships with China. His aunt is Nancy Pelosi. The roots of that family um, go all throughout California and their political histories and so um i'm hoping that the focus does stay on china and that we address some of these things one of the things in the pandemic that shocked a lot of people was that you know all of our you know majority a high majority of our prescriptions come from china right our PPE comes from yeah, china supply later yeah. come from china supply lines And so if China really wanted to be really evil, they could be to the United States of America or the world. And so I'm really glad that President Trump has started producing all of that equipment here and getting it done here so that we have access to good quality PPE and prescription drugs and things like that here in the United
0: States. Yeah, such a great point and such a strategic thing to have started in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, We all woke up to it and said, how did it get this way? But the best thing to do is fix it. And that's what's been underway the last um, several months. Well, Senator Grove, I can't thank you enough. You do so much and you're such a uh, a great interview. We can go to so many places and you you have a lot of authority on so many things. So we want to thank you for the time today and maybe get you back on early next year to see how that wealth tax and that recall is going in California.
1: Anytime, John. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on the show.
0: Oh, it's such an honor to have you on. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we'll wrap things up for the day. Factor makes it easy as they are flexible to your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing six to eighteen meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Plus, Factor meals are one hundred percent ready to heat and eat, usually in just two minutes. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to FactorMeals.com/justnews50 and use the promo code JustNews50 to get fifty percent off. That's the code JustNews50 at factormeals.com. One more time, factormeals.com slash justnews50, use the Just News 50 code, and you will get 50% off your first order. Hey folks, it's John Solomon here. Today, I wanna shine a light on AMAC, an organization who's dedicated to America's seniors, but is vital for conservatives of all ages. AMAC stands out That wraps up another edition of John Salome Reports. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for hearing us out and letting us do these in-depth interviews and learning from really smart people on the front lines. We heard about religious liberty today. We heard about COVID. We heard about a wealth tax. We heard about the recall. California is a state in crisis, and it is really that crisis, uh, the failure of its policies, the frustrations of its peoples are Coming into focus in a way that we haven't seen, not even the traditional media can hide this any longer. California is about to face a reckoning. If you take what Shannon Grove gave us today, I hope you had a chance to digest that, learn from it, um, and uh, we're going to be keeping an eye on California all through 2021 and 2022. It is a important battleground for testing the policies that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris might impose if they get in office on January 20th. It is a bellwether for the liberal progressive agenda that has taken over the National Democratic Party, which traditionally has always been more moderate than the California Democrats uh, Party. Uh, We've got a China scandal there. Eric Swalwa, Dianne Feinstein, uh, lots of um, questions about who else was penetrated by the Chinese over the last 10 years. Uh, California is going to be a story that we're going to cover aggressively at Just the News, and the rest of the country is going to be looking for for signs of what's ahead for all of us. Hope you enjoyed that. We'll be back tomorrow with another big guest and another big story here on John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. Until then, God bless you. God bless America. Have a safe and important night of family together with your friends and family tonight. History, economics, the great works of literature, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution. Did you study these things in school? Probably not. Or even if you did, like I did, maybe it's time for a refresher. Time and technology have changed a lot of things, but they have not changed basic fundamental truths about the world and our place in it as America. with my good friend, Victor Davis Hanson, today. How do you do that? Go right now to hillsdale.edu justnews to start. It's free, and it's easy to get started, and it's an easy URL to remember. All you got to do, go to hillsdale.edu justnews. One more time, hillsdale.edu slash justnews. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out. text just news to 98 98 98 right now